Hello everyone and welcome to YPA, that's Young People Ask. And today's question is how not to be a lukewarm Christian. This was uh, submitted by a student of ours uh, who was curious, how can one go about not being a lukewarm Christian? And I am Edgar Guzman here with Father Byron and Father Paul. We're here together and this is our first episode as all, all three of us. Uh, and also we have a guest. Uh, can the guest say something? No, he doesn't. He doesn't speak on command. The dogs here, Miles, my boxer. Hello, Miles. Hey, Miles. We'll see if he has anything to add later on to our episode. Oh, yeah. Woof, woof. Oh, <laughs> you were fluent. You know where you are bilingual already. <laughs> um, this is uh, we're in the season of Lent, and so a real quick Lenten questions for for both of you. How is Lent for priests? What do you guys do for Lent? Are you like normal people during Lent, or do you what is it? Do you give up stuff? You know, um, <laughs> above all, we are, are Christians, you know, we are all believers and we all have the same need, you know, to grow in the faith with God. And I think that really goes with the question for today, like, you know, how not to be lukewarm. And um, I can tell you one thing, you know, it's like I'm noticing like in our house there, you know, there is no desserts, this, this, <laughs> this, this, this seasonal land, you know, and it's very... Um, and, and, and Father Paul and I had this talk, you know, it's like, what are we going to do for Lent? And, and again, it came down to the very core of it is like, how can we personally develop uh, a better relationship with God, either by doing uh, prayer or uh, almsgiving and uh, fasting? So I think we are tackling as community, you know, the little uh, away from the sweets. And also, I think we have our own practices of that. But again, it comes down to like, we are not that different from you when it comes down to that need from God and a need from a spiritual life. Father Paul, do you have any childhood memory of Lent, of like giving up something? Or was it a challenge for you growing up? Well, curious that you ask, because uh, yesterday I had a Zoom call with a couple friends from high school, and both of them said, one of them said, oh yeah, I'm fasting on Wednesdays, just like you, I remember you always doing. I was like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> and then the other friend said, hey, I'm having more silence. When I get up in the morning, I don't turn on the radio like I usually do. I just have more of a quiet time because I remember you telling me that was a good thing to do. I was like, I don't remember that either. Like Both of them I didn't remember. So apparently I did have practices when I was younger. And now I'm older enough that I don't remember things. So, But you took credit for that. <laughs> sure, yeah. They were both good suggestions. That's great. I'm going to do that. Uh, neat. Awesome. Well, let's get right to it. How not to be a lukewarm Christian? Um, and I don't, uh, I, I didn't speak to the student um, who submitted this question, but uh, I was thinking like maybe why, what was the motivation behind this? Like why, why would, is that a question that someone would have? Um, and so I was asking myself, you know, especially during this time, I think everybody feels kind of stuck or frozen or just there, you know, kind of. Um, and so in the matters of faith, even now, I think it's even harder to be uh, an active Christian, right? And so perhaps some, some of them are feeling still or, or just lukewarm, just there. Um, yeah, you know, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because it will seem like, you know, in this time and day that we live, like we were experiencing this. But actually, this is an issue that it goes like really back in time. So if we look at the book of Revelation, the famous book of Revelation that some people are uh, afraid of, some people don't know mm -hmm. how to read it, you know, that uh, some people use it, you know, to say the end of the world is coming up tomorrow. But the thing is, like, um, in a part of the book of Revelation, 
you know, in chapter three, we actually get to read that se several letters are being sent to seven churches around um, the Aisha Minor. And one of them is Laodicea or Laodicea. I don't know how to say that, <laughs> you know. And uh, regardless of the name, we know that this was like an affluent city, that it, there was like a lot of uh, uh, richness and, you know, money in there. And somehow people really kind of got to value and got comfortable with their lifestyle. They got comfortable with uh, what they have, that they see, they saw no need for God. They saw no need to help others. They were like kind of self-centered and just thinking about themselves. And it's interesting that during this time of persecution in which, you know, like this letter, you know, this, this book of Revelation is written, which is like a wake up call and hold on to hope and really cling to your faith and live it out and, and help each other. You know, this letter comes in and um, there is like the famous image that I think it's been used time and again. And it's like, you know, when uh, in the vision, the Lord says to Laodicea, you know, this is what I hold against you. And uh, you are lukewarm. You are neither hot, you are neither, neither cold. And he's telling that to the city. Yes, That's exactly. To, you know, to the, to the people there, to the believers there, to the church there, you know. So uh, the Catholics there, you know, somehow they didn't... Um, the Christians in that the city. The Christians, exactly. You know, they, they, they wouldn't, uh, you know, kind of grasp the concept. So it seems like they were like so... Again, the word that I want to use is like comfortable. It's like, you know, whatever I'll do, the bare minimum, you know, and, and maybe that's what it is. But um, from even before you were born, Edgar, when I went to college, I, had a, I have a little printout that my professor, my film professor gave me. And I always carry with me and I put it in front of my desk. It's here in the office here. And it's like, um, says, do the bare minimum and you'll get bare minimum results. And um, I think, you know, um, that can also be applied to our faith, you know, in this time and day. But anyways, so there is another thing about the city of, of Laodicea. And it's basically like um, they weren't close to like any kind of big water supplier. So the, the water that they will, they will get and given the water, they will be like lukewarm. And not only that, but it will taste awful. So basically when you drink it, you know, you'll feel like, oh my God, I, what am I drinking this? But I have to mm -hmm. drink it, I guess. So they weren't happy with the water. It wasn't hot or wasn't cold. It was lukewarm. You know, and also had like a horrible um, uh, flavor. So the author, you know, the divine uh, writer is basically using something that they are very familiar with and saying like, just like you don't like the water, you know, your faith, you know, is also like that. You know, it's neither hot or cold because hot things, you know, they help us out. When we are cold, we drink like a hot cup of coffee. You're drinking some hot tea right mm -hmm. now, right? Yeah. And when you're cold, I mean, you put like, some icy hot, I guess, you know, or like some ice, you know, Mix. like uh, when you break, a, a, have an injury or whatever, so it heals as well. So, you know, basically saying again, do something. Don't get comfortable with your faith. Don't, and, uh, under, and don't be self-centered. And then, you know, um, uh, biblical scholars, basically, they have been saying that this analogy that is using is basically also a wake-up call to say like, hey, you have to deepen your relationship with Christ. But also, whenever we have an encounter with Christ, we, that has to be reflected in the way how we live our lives, especially the way how we interact with our community. I think uh, when I saw the question, the question is how not to be a, a lukewarm friend, how not to be mm -hmm. a lukewarm boyfriend or girlfriend or child. 
And so in all of those relationships, because it's, it's a relationship, it's just the ultimate relationship is time and attention, that we actually are spending time with God in prayer. Um, and just like we learn about a friend, what's important to them in their life, that we should study intellectually. You know, we learn about who God is through the scriptures, through the uh, teachings of the church, uh, and we put our faith into action. So I'm serving and caring others. So it's always that complete conversion of, you know, head, mind, and heart. So we're involving all of that, and we're giving that our time and attention, and ultimately it's a question of love. So we're not lukewarm in any relationship when we love the person, the other person involved. And exactly. so we're not lukewarm when we when we love God. And so how do we maintain that loving relationship? Because there are marriages that start out wonderfully loving and they can fade and they can end in divorce because it does take time and attention. It doesn't happen automatically. Um, and if you think about your the key relationship in your life. So if being a Christian is... The, the jacket or the costume I put on at certain times during the week. And then at other times I put on my work costume because I work at the Burger King. And other times I'm a student, so I put on my backpack. And so if we're putting on an identity, then that's not the core identity of who we are. So what, what we need is like my body, who I am is Being. Christian. Mm -hmm. I am a child of God. I am a disciple of Christ. So when I put on my backpack... I'm a disciple of Christ who's wearing a backpack who's also a student. When I put on my work uniform, I'm a, I'm a disciple of Christ who works at a fast food restaurant. Mm -hmm. When I'm with my friends, I'm a disciple of Christ who has this friendship group. So as long as that's central and it becomes and stays central because you give it time and attention, then you will never become lukewarm. And, and the, if, if you're motivated by love and you maintain that loving relationship, then you're pretty safe. But if we don't give it time, if we don't give it attention, and we don't make it central in our lives, then inevitably it, we will become lukewarm. Just like our friendship would die or our dating relationship would die if we don't give it any of those things. Yeah, which, which right now let's wrap it up like that. That's very, I think that's really relatable for, I think, everyone listening uh, and to us because I can think of friendships that faded away because... There was no, you know, we didn't give it time after high school or we didn't spend, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we didn't send each other messages or we didn't see each other. And, and uh, you know, my, my, we didn't do it intentionally, but that's how it faded because I didn't put in the time and they didn't either just because distance or whatever happened. Um, and to see it like that as a, as, a, as a friendship with God, the ultimate relationship, like you said, that makes really good sense to me. Or that's really relevant to the, a, a different angle to look at that. Um, I was kind of taking two two points that both of you mentioned. Uh, Father Byron, you mentioned uh, in a way that the city uh, was being too comfortable. They got too comfortable in mm -hmm. their ways of mm -hmm. being Christian. Mm -hmm. right? uh, and then Father, Father Paul, you mentioned head, mind, and heart. Um, and I think I've been uh, kind of focused lately on the what growth means in, in every area of your life, but especially in the faith. Do you think being uncomfortable is a sign of being non-lukewarm or being an active Christian. Uh, uncomfortable, and I was thinking in, in this, uncomfortable mind, uh, head, mind, and heart. Does that make sense? Is, is, that, is that a good sign if someone's struggling or uh, is getting frustrated with some faith challenge? Is that a sign of growth or is it a sign of 
change your ways, I guess. Exactly. And I think that's what's the key thing. Uh, we had one of our college nights and that was one of the questions that we were thinking about that, you know, it's like how um, can we make ourselves more uncomfortable in the sense of having a deeper relationship with God, which eventually will have to be expressed in the way we treat each other. But any effort, you know, any um, amount of work or any sacrifice by default is going to bring a sense of being uncomfortable because we have to get up, you know, we have to move, we have to add these things, we have to let go of these other things. So that in itself is like uh, uh, just stirring up, you know, things that waters that maybe work calm, you know, and sometimes that is to me the um, kind of the key point of, of, of conversion in a way, because if we just decide to stay and, and go with the flow, chances are that, you know, down the road, like Father Paul was saying, you know, we might have lost friends and relationships and even, you know, our idea or our relationship with God, you know, might just kind of uh, fade away a little bit. But every work, every sacrifice uh, will imply uh, effort, will imply energy, will imply time, will imply uh, 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 de being deliberate about that. And of course, it might feel uncomfortable, but again, it will produce something. And it will hopefully make us better people. Yeah, and if you think about the, again, friendships that you've had in your life, the friends you're closest to, you've probably had arguments and disagreements with, and you've talked about serious topics and, you know, uh, politics and philosophy, friendships, mm -hmm. values, faith. You know, you've, you've worked through those because you might have a friend like, oh, we never fight because we never talk about anything important to us. Yeah. We talk about how the, how the Giants did in their game and we talk <laughs> about the weather and, you know, we've known each other for so long so that we have a comfortable feeling with each other. We never talk about or do anything significant or dating couples who never, well, we, I hate fighting. So we just avoid the topics that we'll fight about and you don't grow in a deeper relationship with that. You know, you shouldn't have, if you're 20 years old, your faith shouldn't be that of a 10-year-old. 10-year-olds mm -hmm. do what their parents tell them to and they're supposed to. 20-year-olds shouldn't just be doing what their parents tell them. They should have their own values, make their own decisions. And in order to go from a child's faith to an adult's faith, you have to ask adult questions. And adult questions are complicated and difficult questions. Mm -hmm, yeah. So there should be struggles and doubts and wondering. Um, but the key is, the conversion is of the mind. So find the answers and pray about the answers and continue to live a moral life so that the, that, that you're working through the differences and the struggles and not, and not running away from them. Hmm. Um, so, so what does this all mean? How is this practical? That's, a, that's always a question I kind of bring everything around. What does this mean for our listeners, for us? How do we put this into daily practices? Um, and listening to that, uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit of what that what, what have you shared and how I plan to uh, apply it daily, but also some practices that I've done in my own personal faith life, faith journey to, to, to not be a lukewarm Christian. Although I have to admit it, I fail. You know, it's a daily, daily struggle or an hourly yeah. struggle. What? You know? <laughs> uh, to, Are to, you human? To be alive, you know, to be on fire. I know I am. I know. Um, but, but three things. And Father Paul, you, I'm glad you said that because that was the first one that I, that I, that I put on my list was to make time. You just got to make time. And I was listening to other videos um, uh, before Lent, like preparing for Lent and how to do things like that. And I said, almost, those, I listened to like three or four of them. All of them mentioned to make time. You got to make time. Um, to pray at some point during your, your busy schedule, 
or if you do it, you know, in increments here and there. So to make time and, and to purposefully dedicate yourself, uh, head, mind, and heart to, to that time that you put aside, which, you know, I've said I was going to do and I, I have not done. Uh, so I'm working on that. The, the second one, which I think has been a, a, a guiding model for my life for a few years now is let, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And so for me, do I call myself a Catholic, a uh, Roman Catholic Christian? Yes. Okay, how does that look like then? If I say I am, what does that look like? How do I live my life? Or how do I try to live my life, right? And so to be aware of that, for me, that was huge. To let my yes means yes and your no means no, right? Am I supposed to live this way? Do, if, when I make this decision, you know, does this represent truly who I am, right? Okay, you know, examine that. And again, that's kind of daunting. And I think that's just the way I am. I'm pretty direct and pretty harsh or blunt with myself. Um, but that helps me get, at least that keeps me honest with myself, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with daily decisions uh, to realize the moments where I failed. And I said, okay, well, I messed up there. I said yes when I shouldn't have said yes. And, and to recognize that, um, that keeps me honest. And I think that keeping myself honest and, and really humble is uh, not being lukewarm, right? You're, you're, it's constantly hot or cold, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and, and last is similar to the first one is to be present. Be present uh, surround yourself with friends who you who motivate you, who inspire you, or force you to to be better, right? Uh, to be present, uh, where you know you'll find good things for you, right? Go to mass. You may not feel like it, but find something on YouTube and attend that. Um, or you might be close to the church and you've never gone because you're scared because you don't know anybody, uh, and that's very common, right? Uh, then be present. Go out there. Go out there on that limb. You know. And if you ever thought about that and you're listening to this, we're not going to eat you alive here at the Newman Center, okay? We you're are always welcome. Always welcome, <laughs> yeah. And if we do, just let me know who that was. Okay? <laughs> um, and, uh, and just to be present, really, just to get to know the church, to get to know your faith. But that's not only being physically present, but that's being present in Scripture, in reading Scripture, being present in your social media feed. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. I think I've spoken about that before, was... It's scrolling through your social media feed. It's easy to find things that can tempt you or take you in the other direction from God. And it may be no, no fault of your own, right? Um, but then what are you doing to correct that or to, to turn it more positive? Follow Christian things. Follow healthy, you know, mental health accounts to help you. And, and it crosses, when it crosses your feed, it forces you to stop and be like, oh, yeah, that is who I am too. You know, that does interest me as well. Right. If you're following a celebrity or something and they they post whatever they post, we've all seen, you know, that can not that it's bad, but it can take you away and maybe not make you the best version of yourself. So surrounding yourself again, being present around those healthy things, um, it makes you be active. Right. It forces you to to be uncomfortable, to grow, exactly. to realize where you're at, you know, always kind of taking the pulse of your faith life. And again, you know, uh, and please, you know, there is not like a measuring rod to say like, you know, I've reached this level, so I'm no longer lukewarm because I don't think there is such a thing, you know, and I understand that sometimes uh, people come and tell me, you know, like, oh, Father, I feel so embarrassed, you know, that the only thing I can do is just come to Mass, you know, on Sunday. But I, I really would like to do this, but I have like a full-time job. I have like a full-time school, you know. So, I mean, they are actually being uncomfortable when they could have been like resting, you know, mm. and, 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 and just by the effort of coming, you know, for mass. So 
but again, there is not like a checklist and don't think about that. Don't think about along the lines of checklist or like measuring rods because Christ and our faith is bigger than that. And at the same time, it's a very unique gift, which is very interesting because it's in a way, it's like a how your intimate relationship with God is formed and achieved and, and, and lived. But there is also that community dimension of that, you know. What is it like, you know, that my classmates would look at me and say, like, you know, this 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 girl, this this guy is um there is something about them. They seem to be happy. You know, they seem to be and I think I get it this and I think in the school time we get all this peer pressure. And we think that, you know, like after high school it goes away. I think it, it lingers through college and it links through graduate school, you know, and lingers through, through through graduate school. And that is like when a simple thing like a yes meaning a yes or a no meaning a no can actually be very important because um, that is when we act out of our faith and relationship with God. You know, if somebody, um, I have this, you know, um, this experience. I, I was on a, uh, taking a class in, in South America with some classmates on an immersion trip and um, my classmates, all of they wanted to do was like party and drink every night, you know? And then, so the first three weeks, three days, actually, they will just kept insisting. It's like, Byron, come on, let's go. Byron, come on, let's go. You know, it's like, uh, if you don't have money, you know, we'll, we'll buy you the drinks, you know, and come and dance. But to me, that was not it. You know, it wasn't a source of, of happiness. And uh, then it's interesting because after those three days, they kind of respected my decision. And that's when they actually started saying, like, you know, why, why is it that you, you you don't do this? So you know, I will talk about a little bit. Well, you know, I have a different perspective on things, you know, and and I think it, it it's because of my relationship with Christ. Again, I'm not saying that you know going to the you know to going to dances or whatever is a bad thing, but it's again, how much is your relationship with God reflected in your life, you know? And I think that that can be like an indicator of. Hey, I'm doing something, you know, for God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm at least true to myself, and that should produce like a self satis satisfaction, and um, just give meaning to our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father Paul. Thank you, Father Byron. Thank you. Uh, as always, Woo! if you have any questions, oh Thank Miles. You, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, as always, if you have any questions, you can email them to us or get it to us through social media or however you like. Uh, be sure to check out our other podcast with Sister Kathleen. Um, they're on the website and also anywhere that you listen to or all platforms really that you listen to. It feels funny to say, but wow, the, 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 the program that we use really does distribute it very well. So we're excited about that. So I hope, uh, you're able to, uh, get something from our conversation here. We'll be praying for you. And as, uh, father Byron said last time in our first episode, and I loved it, uh, we hope to continue to grow in faith one question at a time. And this was live from the YPA studios, YPA <laughs> young people ask. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. Till next time. Bye. Bye. -bye.